0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration for leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner.
2: Good morning and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm joined today by a remarkable woman by the name of Karen Ealy. Fifteen years ago, Karen realized that the elements in her life just weren't working for her anymore. And many people might have come to that realization but just kept going. Karen took bold action and she changed her life completely completely walking away from her career, her home, and even her marriage. Karen founded A Woman's Way to give women the space and opportunity to go on retreats and participate in workshops for the purpose of self-discovery. Her mission is to help the women she works with to live authentic lives of passion and joy. Karen's the author of four books, including Daring to Dream, Reflections on the Year I Found Myself and the Forthcoming, A Safe Place to Stand, which she's working on right now. Um, I have been following Karen's work for many years, actually, and I'm delighted, Karen, to have you on the show with me today. Welcome.
3: Thank you, Kate. I'm honored to be here.
2: You know, Karen, you have such a courageous story, and I would love for you to begin maybe by just telling us, I'm sure this is probably an old story for you at this point, but about this huge life shift that occurred when you really decided you needed a fresh start
3: yeah you know it's only in looking back and you, that you can really see it, but yeah, I don't I wish I knew what sparked it actually, um, but really at about up till 40, my life followed the life of my mother and my grandmother and probably my great-grandmother, and that I got engaged at 17 and married at 20 and started having children, and all of that was fine, you know, and I had the American dream. I had a beautiful home in the suburbs and two healthy wonderful daughters and a husband who loved me and suddenly at 40 I woke up and looked around and thought what the hell <laughs> what is wow. this really it was just this awakening and I thought you know what is this about and it, it that just sent me on a uh, uh, on a long journey it was 5 years of trying to make sense out about of why my life wasn't working anymore um, because I had, you know, you you, you begin to question. I mean, am I selfish, or so self-absorbed that it's never enough? I mean, what is this about? I had a life that most people in this country, let alone the world, would, would envy. Yes. But it sent me from one therapist to another, and I mean, I just kept thinking, what is wrong? What is wrong? And and um, by the end of five years of that, I really discovered there was really. Nothing fundamentally wrong with me. I was a little worried about a few of them, but I really felt like I was fine. But it wasn't until at the age of 45 that I met a man who became a dear friend and my spiritual teacher that I understood that it was really a spiritual awakening that happened at 40. And once I embraced that at 45, which has been 22 years ago now, everything changed, you know, and so that really was the fundamental piece of all of, of the searching and it continues obviously today but once i had an understanding of what it was about i no longer felt crazy and self-absorbed and um narcissistic you know all of those things that we can tell ourselves um, when we get in those places so yeah that's kind of what happened and you know that just took me on a journey of self-discovery
2: well, you know i want to jump in there and, and um You know, you're so far from that moment now, 22 years later, uh, 27 years later, um, and I know you're thinking about it a lot as you're working on your new book. Um, And I'm wondering, for those who are listening, um, it's so um, unusual, actually, to hear somebody speak that truth. You know, I woke up one morning and looked at my life and thought this doesn't make sense to me right now. And I'm curious, just to stay with that for a moment, what, you know, I know you kind of thought, what's the matter with me, and did all kinds of things, but you know, what did the world have to say as you were going through
3: this? Did you get mixed <laughs> messages? <laughs> no, no, the world wasn't saying anything. You know, as you know, my, my latest book I'm working on is really about my spiritual journey, but I kept thinking as my life was falling apart on the inside, I was really good at making it look fine in the outside. I kept thinking, why doesn't somebody see this? My husband, Uh my best friends, my family, nobody saw that. I was, you know, I I really felt like I was losing it. You know, I I really identified when Eat, Pray, Love came out by Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm -hmm. um, Her early descriptions of what happened to her. You know, she was living a wonderful life as well. And every night she'd be laying on the bathroom floor crying. You know, um and that 's kind of where I was at i'd send my husband and kids off to school in the morning, and I just didn 't cry It's like mm-hmm. what is wrong with me? You know, and all of my friends seemed to be perfectly comfortable with the decisions that they had made and um and i you know, so then you just begin to question everything and i I had no understanding of spirituality, um probably like a lot of people I mean, I was born in forty six the only um Spiritual sense I had was organized religion, you know, and, and that never worked for me, you know, so I really had no concept that there could be something different than being, uh, Jewish or being Catholic or being Lutheran or whatever you were, that you could just awaken to a spiritual, um, reality really in truth, um, without it, without having to define it by a particular dogma. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I mean, my teachers early on for years, well, they still are, but particularly then were books and other woman, women's stories. That, and that's, of course, what keeps me writing. Other women's stories were my only mentor because I didn't have anybody I knew that was really looking at these things and beginning to ask these things about, it. Am, am I more, you know, than the roles I play? You that's know, am me. I more than this? I mean, what is it all about? You know i mean i I love being a mother and a, and a wife and all the other things i was doing and uh, but yeah i I yeah. always get this this image of the groundhog on Groundhog Day that peeks his head out of the hole that 's kind of what it was like, and suddenly you see a bigger world and start questing everything and so that was that was the beginning of my journey and was, you know
2: you call it a spiritual awakening, a spiritual mm-hmm. uh, journey, and you know it's um I, I, again, I want to kind of stay here for a moment for those who might be experiencing something similar. You know, how what, what makes it a spiritual awakening? What is it about this, you know, dark moment that actually um, you discovered was a spiritual opening? Why spiritual? Well,
3: I didn't that first five years. I mean, I really thought there was something fundamentally wrong with me, truly. Um, I couldn't make sense out of it. And... um I didn't realize what was going on until this man that came into my life by interesting happenstance, and I, I looked at him, and, you know, there's just this recognition. I looked at him. I met him uh, on a business trip, and I thought, I want what he has, this this clear understanding and this peace inside that I then knew. I just then knew. I, that's what it is. That's what it is. I want to understand. um my place in the universe, I want to understand who I really am besides the roles I play, and I want to understand um, uh, the place, my place on this planet and the universe in general um, in a very different way. And so, no, I didn't know. What it was about, but I did recognize it when I saw it.
2: You did the minute I
3: saw him. It's like I see this peaceful being that's so centered in who he is, and I don't know anyone like that. Whatever it is, I want. I want that.
2: Oh (laughs) my goodness! Well, you know, I know for for anyone who'd like to, you know, really delve into um, Karen's story around this. this time of major transition and adjustment. Her book, Daring to Dream Reflections on the Year I Found Myself, which was published in 2006, is a great read and a really, um, I think, really helpful, um, particularly for those who might be feeling similarly, like, I'm not sure what's wrong with me, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Um, how did all of this, Karen, lead you to create A Woman's Way?
3: Well, this is rather mystical, too. <clears throat> when I first um, after I met Bobby, my spiritual teacher, and began to read voraciously that kind of literature and learn from him, and begin to have my own experiences, I started having visions of women sitting in circle and sharing, and I, uh, you know, a, a retreat kind of thing, and um, and I started having people. Say things to me like I I I was running a an, a national nonprofit at the time or a region for them and um, I picked up a volunteer of ours in Montana and she got into my car and said, God told me last night that you're going to do something extraordinary for women and I want to help. Wow! And I thought I thought oh my God she's crazy because <laughs> my life uh, you know I was just. Struggling to maintain my own life. So things like that begin to happen and visions of this. um, But really, you know, I was in no place at 45 uh, in my life um, to even begin to think about that. But it was always in the back of my mind. And one of the things that Bobby, this, this dear friend and spiritual teacher of mine, used to say is someday, someday, you'll work with women and give them a safe place to stand. And so that really is the reason for the name of the book. And it's what he gave me. And it's the driving force, really, energy behind A Woman's Way. Um, Because if there had been anything like A Woman's Way, I'd have been all over that. But if it existed back in, you know, at the time I was going through this, um, you'd have never found it. We didn't have the Internet. You know, there were a lot of women, the people doing women's retreats, but they were primarily faith-based. I mean, the Catholic Church was doing them, the Lutheran Church, and there were a lot of those things being done, but they were faith-based, and and, and you wouldn't have known where they were if they weren't in your area. So it's really the underpinning and, and the importance to me of A Woman's Way, of providing women that come a safe place to stand for a bit, you know, to get some tools, to get some support, to... Um, to begin to forge their own journey and figure out what that is for them. And, Um, and,
2: um, Karen, you know, we we only have a minute before the break, but what is the experience that A Woman's Way provides to the women who come? If you could just give us kind of a snapshot of what you offered them.
3: Well, for one, a safe place to rest, you know, Mm -hmm. a safe place to stand for a bit in a nourishing space surrounded by other women asking the same questions with some guidance and some support, so they can begin that journey themselves. For one, we're giving names to it—the thing I never had at the beginning, you know, of what this is about. So that's really what happens fundamentally. Is it's a—it a gives them a chance to step back from their lives. In a and these are retreats.
2: Is that—is that right? There, this is a retreat experience. Most of experience. them are full of
3: retreats, but I do teleworkshops as well, where we do them on okay. conference lines. And, but it's always—it's always the—the it's always the end purpose is to provide them a safe, nourishing space to be so that they can figure out who they are and what they want to do with the rest of their life.
2: Wow, and I know I know, I remember I first learned about you and you were doing some things in Sedona, I think. Are you still there?
3: Yes, yes, that's where I live.
2: Mm Mm-hmm, good. It's a spectacular, beautiful place. It is a beautiful place. It seems like a perfect place, actually, to be bringing people for...
3: exactly
2: awakening you know we're going to take a break right now um for those who are listening my guest is karen ely of a woman's way and we're going to explore her journey what she's learned and uh how how you might benefit from what she knows about the power of of retreating and of connecting with yourself and maybe what your heart really wants this is kate ebner you're listening to visionary leader extraordinary life and we'll be right back
4: always talking business talk to an expert call now toll-free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network
1: do you want to take your organization to the next level The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit nebocompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's nebocompany.com.
5: Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to VisionaryLeader at NeboCompany.com. Now, back to today's program.
2: Good morning and thank you for listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm Kate Ebner, and I'm enjoying my conversation this morning with Karen Ely. Karen offers retreats and uh, teleclasses and mentoring programs through her company A Woman's Way. She's the author of four books including the forthcoming A Safe Place to Stand which will be published next year. You know I'm sitting here holding in my hand Breathing Space Mini Retreats for the Heart and Soul and I want to recommend it to you if you're listening today. This is a lovely book it's one of the ones that Karen's written and I'm going to read a little bit from it. Um, Karen I want to begin to have a conversation with you about making space for dreams so I'm going to read um, from Dream Space which is an entry in, in this book breathing space our hopes our dreams and hopes and desires are the touchstones of our character more than anything else they speak about who we are what we care about and what we believe in often our dreams are hidden in the deep recesses of our memory locked away and temporarily out of touch sometimes they remain unspoken because we fear people's ridicule are my dreams too grandiose do i sound foolish is it selfish or sometimes we fear that verbalizing our dreams might make us accountable for bringing them to fruition. Women have often shared with me, that's you, Karen, that they never, they no longer remember having dreams. I believe we all have dreams, but too often we've been racing so fast for so long that we haven't given ourselves enough breathing space to listen to the whispers of our own hearts. And then you go on to invite listeners to give themselves some dream space. And I want to ask you, you know, what happens when people slow down and give themselves the space to listen to their inner guidance? What, what have you seen as you've done this work?
3: Um, really everything happens. I mean, it's, it's fundamental to all of this work, I mean, for all of all of our work, no matter what we're doing, um, and especially in the world we live in today where everything is speeded up faster and faster and faster. Um, You know, what we begin to do is identify with the voice in our head, which is really a compilation of all sorts of other voices, and it's not really us. You know, we begin to listen to this, and that voice is often telling us limiting thoughts. It's often made up of everyone that's ever said anything limiting to us, Um, instead of listening to the whispers of our own heart, which is that true space inside us that really is us. You know, the that is where Kate is and Karen is and, and everybody is, that internal place, but we can't hear it. You know, we cannot hear it. And um, it's the one that will always take us home, you know, that will always lead us where we need to go if we begin to listen to it. It's just that we're used to keeping ourselves so busy physically, you know, socially, you know, business-wise and everything that we, we don't listen. And so really it's fundamental.
2: And, and you know, I wonder, you know, do you think that busyness, you know, is certainly things are very, you know, complex and fast in our lives. Um, and I see this everywhere that I go, but do you think there's a way that we may be, um, you know, unconsciously or even consciously stopping ourselves from asking ourselves these to dream? You know, do you think do you think that well, busyness could be camouflage for?
3: Um, I, th- I think a full there's life? some truth to that. There is some truth. People are really afraid. You know, there's a there's a place in us that's afraid to know. You know, the scope of who we are and what we can be. You know, Marianne Williamson has that very famous quote that I don't have sitting in front of me, so I'm going to butcher it a bit here. But basically, she she says we're really not afraid of our darkness. We're really afraid of our light. You know. What if I really stood firmly in all of my light, in all my bright colors as to who I am? And what would that mean? And, and that's why that comment and the quote you just read about that's a piece of a fear. What if I then had to do something? <laughs> you know, what if I really had to open up this, you know, this longtime dream that I, you know, that I wanted to paint or, you know, or I wanted to build homes or I wanted to uh, start my own business. I mean, whatever those kinds of things are, um, it's scary. Sometimes it's easier for people to, often it's easier for people to sit um, in camouflaged places, I guess, for lack of a better word, of just sitting in something they're comfortable with, you know, and in its mm-hmm. worst form. I, I started my career many, many, many years ago in domestic violence that I dealt with women all the time that would rather be beaten than face the unknown. Um, But even with something that dramatic, I mean, we're more comfortable with what we know than stepping through that door into the possibilities of what we might become if we really embrace that.
2: Do you think, Karen, that we have to become very uncomfortable in order to make that? you know, step through that door. Uh, you know, do you think that somehow it's getting to that point where we're, we're crying on the floor after the kids go to school? Exactly.
3: <laughs> is that necessary? Exactly. I, th- I think it probably is. I mean, I decided a long time ago, I just don't think human beings um, are very smart or whatever it is. I'm not quite <laughs> really sure what it is. It's like we don't make changes unless we're really miserable. Um, you know, and that doesn't really make a lot of sense because we'll literally sit in misery. I mean, um, Thoreau's favorite quote about people—you know, uh, what else? God knows that just escaped me—about but people living in in silent desperation.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I think most people do. I don't mean they're actually being literally beaten up, but they go to dead end jobs, they come home to dead end relationships, they watch reality TV, they go to bed and get up and do the same thing the next day. And, yeah, I think there's a great fear about what if there was something, you know, that back in the recesses of my mind I've always wanted to do. If, what if I did that, this hope, this dream I've always had and i failed? Yeah. And that's the other piece. I mean, we have a tremendous fear of failure. And I, <clears throat> Brene Brown wrote a fabulous book, for those that have not read it, called Daring Greatly. I'm a big fan of her work fabulous TED Talk that she does on it, but she talks about shame being one of those things that keeps us where we are, and I think that's where part of that fear, I mean, all little children, if you ask them what they're going to be, they'll, they will have very grandiose ideas, you know? Very few of them are playing small. You know, I'm going to be president, and I'm going to be this and that, and um, because, and then there's shaming things that happen when we're young. You know, some, unfortunately even parents, but some coach or some teacher or some friend or somebody says to you, oh, you'll never do that. You know, girls don't do that or or um, people like us don't do that. You're poor. You'll never go to Harvard. You know, you'll never do all of these things. So you need, what you need to do is just learn a trade, um, which is fine if that's the dream. But I think we're, I think shame plays a big piece of that, and that's where a lot of that fear comes from. And I really believe there's only two ways to live your life, and one is from love, and one is from fear. And when we base a lot of our decisions on fear, and a lot of that is, oh my God, what if I actually stand up and say this is what I'm going to do, and I fail, or people think I'm crazy, or well, that's dumb. Especially, I mean, I'm 67. I mean, the majority of women that come to my retreats are 50s and 60s, and that's the other piece we get at these ages. I mean, who would I be at this age to start my own business? My next-door neighbor just started her, her own house and pet sitting business. She's almost 78. Wow. And I think, wow, <laughs> that is so cool. Right, yeah. her last pet died, and she doesn't want to get another one. She's afraid it'll outlive her, and so she's found something else, and she's making money. And, you know, so really just embracing life. You know, in all of its, you know, magnificence and, you know, and walking through that scary door, even when we're terrified, you know, um, even when we're afraid, Um, really, that's the daring to dream piece.
2: (laughs) Yes, well, that's wonderful. Not the road most
3: traveled, actually.
2: No, No, you're right. It isn't the road most traveled in yet. It's the road that we really seem to yearn for quite often. You know, I'm curious. You've know, you written about women sharing their stories. You certainly said that that's been a source of, I guess, sustenance and and growth for you to, to listen to and receive the stories of women. This is a very important part of A Woman's Way. What happens, Karen, when women come together to share their stories?
3: Oh, my God. I mean, it's extraordinary. I mean, I... I can't speak for men because I'm not one, um, but I think that piece is very intrinsic to who we are as women. Um, that's how we grow. That's how we process things, you know. When we're agonizing about something, men tend to do, most men, not all, tend to do that more internally. We call all our girlfriends and run ideas, past them and share, and and that's what happens at A Woman's Way um, programs because... Like me, when I started wakening up to all this, I didn't really have anyone to talk to about that except people in books. But to come to this place, I can still remember one of my early retreats, there was this little tiny, tiny, tiny woman from Manhattan. Now, there's a lot of women that live in Manhattan. And at the closing circle, everyone gets a chance to sort of share their experience and She leaped out of her chair, the closing circle, and said, "Where are all of you at home i don't know anybody like this, you know and so I think for a lot of these women, they come to these programs feeling so incredibly alone, like I was you know i mean and and questioning again their own sanity or you know when i when I see all the um negative comments that's been made by the press and by people about Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Eat, Pray, Love, um, that's exactly where that comes from. know, Wasn't she self-absorbed? She had a wonderful husband and a beautiful home, and it was never enough for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for us women, that sense of being selfish or full of ourselves is something that's deeply ingrained in us, I think, in a bigger way than it is for men. And so when you're surrounded by, you know, 15 or 20 women at a retreat that are all doing this, you know, that are all asking why and why not, you know, and, and wanting to be on this journey, it doesn't matter what the retreat is. And I've brought women to facilitate retreats that are huger name, much huger name than mine. Um, and I paid a lot of money to bring big women to retreats. And in the evaluations, more often than not, what I hear in evaluations, it's, being with other women asking those same questions that gives them the most peace, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that I'm not alone, I'm not crazy. Um, There's lots of women, and and since I started this business, you know, 10 years ago, I now have an international clientele that write to me and stay up with me. I don't always know where they are because I just have their email address, but I now know that unless... You know, you're living in a place where you don't have your basic needs met and that would be very different if you're just trying to survive. But for anyone else, I hear from women in, you know, in, in, in India and Africa and Australia and South America and just all over the world and they're all, all these women are asking the same questions. So there's a big waking up. And I believe it's a spiritual underpinning of women waking up. It's a sacred feminine rising. I think that's getting women to ask, you know, how can I stand in my light? How can I be this all that I can be? And I, and I, so I think it's a, I think it's an energetic thing that's going on. Yeah,
2: I know, I know, I know what you're referring to. And I think when we come back from this next break, I'd like to talk a little bit about that global trend or what, what we would might call the rise of the feminine throughout the world and how it connects with what's going on, you know, it, it, on the planet, you know. And I, I think, you know, as we, we have about 30 seconds before we take a break, but what's a good way to make space for your dreams, just really quick?
3: To take space. <laughs> you know, to give yourself um, the permission to take space just for yourself. And that's sometimes hard for women, too. There's always another load of laundry that needs to go in or or a mother that needs to be visited or if you're still parenting, those things. We need need the support to give ourselves permission to create that space so that we can listen to our own hearts.
2: Thank you so much, Karen. For those who are listening, I'm speaking with Karen Ely. We're talking about uh, the wonderful work she does with women. Um, and her business is called A Woman's Way. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, Karen, let's read that Marianne Williamson piece. I'm going to pull it up and we will share it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And I'd love to also talk about the rise of the feminine. We'll be right back.
4: Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now toll free, 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision. Then develop the strategy, goals and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership
5: and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business.
1: Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to Visionary Leader at Nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program.
2: Welcome back. This is Kate, and I'm talking with Karen Ely. We're having Really, a fascinating conversation about um, finding a safe space um, as a woman to really give yourself a chance to connect with who you are and and your own life. Um, before the break, um, we were actually talking a little bit about the fear that holds us back from taking this step. And um, Karen, I thought that I would share that Marianne Williamson quote that you referred to. How does that sound to you?
3: Perfect, perfect, it's brilliant.
2: Okay. Um, This is called Our Deepest Fear by Marianne Williamson. And for those who may not know her, she's a spiritual lecturer and author. Um, She's quite well known. And this quote is, I think, uh, one of our favorites, Karen, yours and mine. So here it is. Um, Marianne writes, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So those who might want to look that up, that's called our deepest fear. You know, Karen, as I as I read that, there's so many parts of it that I really like. I love this question: Who am I to be? Oh, yeah,
3: brilliant. brilliant? And then who
2: are you not to be? You know, the idea that um, when you let yourself shine, you don't um, you're not competing with other people and putting them in a bad light. You're actually liberating them to let their own light shine. That's one of the best parts of that quote for me.
3: Well, and I think it's um, it's fundamental to women. You know, I, I if, if I can take a second to tell a brief story, mm-hmm. I went to a, a, a marketing, a three-day marketing workshop out in L.A. a couple of years ago with a friend. Um, it, was, it was hosted by two women, and there were about 50 women in the room, and, and at the end of the three days, they asked this group of women, we're all business owners, everyone that's there, how many of you consider yourself an expert in your field? And, like, no one raised their hand. There was probably a third of us that sort of raised our hand a bit, you know, and that just led to the most interesting discussion because that's exactly what it was about. Why, you know, first of all, from a marketing standpoint, why would you expect somebody to listen to you, Hmm. you know, if you can't raise your hand about this? And that really got me thinking. I mean, one of the things that came up in that discussion was the who would I be and it goes back to that thing that we as, as women were often taught to play ourselves smaller than we are. And, and then we got to talking, if this was 50 men in this room, they'd probably all raise their hand. And it's really, I think, a fundamental difference between men and women. And we were, I can remember one of my early dates I went on when I was like 15, and I beat this boy at bowling. My mother was appalled. No, no, you never beat them. You let them win. It's like, why? <laughs> I was very proud of it. But you know, those those are, and so the, who would I be to to really even believe, let alone shine that light on who I am and what I can do um, with my life? I think is really fundamental to women's experience.
2: Well, it's a it's a really wonderful call to action you know, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is yep. our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. So, you know, yep. for those who are listening, I really hope that you will ask yourself, you know, who are you not to be brilliant and talented and fabulous? And I want to um, to go back, Karen, to something we talked about before the break. We were talking about trends, you know, and, and you know, in the work I'm doing right now with the Institute for Transformational Leadership, one of the themes we're looking at from a global leadership perspective is the, um, the uh, I want to call it, I, don't, I think it's too much to say the rise of women around the world because we have so far to go, you know, and it's happening not in one, not in one big wave. But all over, we are seeing um, more attention, more space, more um, amplification of the voices of women. And I'm wondering, how does your work connect with this global shift?
3: Oh, I mean, we talk about it at retreats. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things I I talk about in the introduction as we begin, that it's more than all of us here. I talk about what's going on in the world, and and it makes it more imperative that we all stand in our light, you know, not stand in the shadows, but stand firmly in our own light. And I think rather than women standing up, it's the rise of the sacred feminine, and, you know, men have that as well. Um, to begin to honor that other piece, you know, that is in all of us, that, the, 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 the feminine part. And, you know, it's been, you know, well over 3,000 years that that's not been very honored. Mm. Uh, not by individuals, but as a whole, by societies, and by some set of societies, still not at all. And, what are the um, qualities of important. the
2: sacred... Feminine, Karen. I mean, I, I want to pause there in case people are new to this idea. When you, when you refer to the the sacred feminine, what, what describe for us what that means?
3: Well, I mean, you know, we've all got it's the yin and yang. We've all got the masculine and feminine side of our play, ourself, but the, the feminine side is the um, is the the softer, the spiritual, the. Um, the creative the um the nurturer the community builder a lot of things that primarily women bring to the world um because we generally have more of that energy but all of those pieces you know have been um you know put down as somewhat frivolous um for thousands of years you know it's in things as simple as women's intuition you know we now know that women have more of that not that men don't have it, but women really do have more of it, by and large, and that's that piece of us that knowing in your gut what's the right thing to do, even if you're not sharing people with people where that comes from, but really standing firmly in that, and um, so it's all those other things, you know, what we've honored generally is, is the more masculine piece, which is in all of us as well. You know, that being successful, bringing in, you know, money, working your way up the corporate ladder, um, you know, the more out there um, pieces of, uh, of ourselves. So it's that, it's that quiet, internal, nurturing, gentle, creative, spiritual piece that's been missing. Or it's there, but it's not been, uh, not been honored for a long time. So it makes mm-hmm. it really important that women stand up now. And when we see what's going on in, you know, in India and in a lot of the Arab world, where women, against all odds, are beginning to stand up and say no more, you know, at risk of, of death, you know, that I want an education for my daughters and um, and a lot of the other things that are going on, it makes it so important—not even just for the balancing of, you know, male and female, but for people's very safety in a great deal of the world. And, you know, and I believe, you know, that that these movements always happen um, from the ground up, not the other way around. People finally just say enough is enough. And governments and leaders slowly have to come around when people get to that point. We've watched it in so many ways, just in our lifetime, Kate. But looking historically, when people finally say enough is enough, you know, that's how the United States was founded by people yes. saying, we're not going to let, you know, the king and the church run our lives. We're going, we're going we're to cross the seas in, in a world where people really thought you were going to drop off the edge. You know, mm. that's an extreme example, but it's like we're going to live a different way. And I really think it's that big what's going on right now. Without crossing any seas, we're crossing different metaphorical ones.
2: Yes, that's really interesting. Um, the way that you you just you just took us across the sea, and and I what comes to my mind immediately is I'm back to the title of your new book, "A Safe Place to Stand." That we um, we really need that. We're really looking for a place where we can take a stand. Um, and I would say that you know to your point about safety around the world, many people, men and women in the world are having to take a stand without that safety. So it, it, in oh, a way, yes. it makes your offer even <laughs> more beautiful, perhaps, because, you know, the invitation to come and to have a safe place to stand. And, you know, I know we just have a minute before our next break. Our time is going very quickly this morning. But in that minute, could you tell us, Karen, if someone comes on a retreat with you, what happens? What, what can they expect, literally, in terms of the from arrival to departure? Like, what's the experience? <laughs>
3: Well, you know, um, it's a mixture of, we do some things in circle. You know, I I present ideas. I present um, ways of being. We talk about everything from from gratitude, from finding space for yourself, to looking at our values and those kind of things. And then they're sent off to do um, things in silence alone. They're sent off in small groups and pairs. And um, But I, I want to say just briefly before we break, A Safe Place to Stand, the name that I, we keep bringing up because it's the new book and really fundamentally what this is about, there's really only one safe place to stand, really. And that's inside, solidly inside yourself with who you are. That's the only place. And that's a big piece of what happens at retreats when you begin to see it's not in finding the right man. It's not in finally having enough money. It's not in finally losing 20 pounds. You know, whatever your thing is, it isn't any of that. It's finally touching that place inside of you and living from that place. And and I think that's what we're staying, we're we're noticing all over the world. Women, you know, that young woman in um, was it Pakistan or Afghanistan um, that they tried to murder. Because she was standing up for girls and their right to be educated, um, you know, she's coming from a solid place inside of herself, and she's willing to die to stand up and say no more. Most of us don't have to do that, thank heavens. Um, but it's still it's scary to stand up and say no more. You know, whether I have a man in my life, whether I have the job I want or enough money, I'm still going to say, this is me, and I'm going to stand in that, and um, that really is the only safe place to stand. Are you there?
2: Yes, I am. And we're going to take a break right now. We'll be right back. (laughs) Okay, we'll be right back.
4: Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now toll free, 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision. Then develop the strategy, goals and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum.
5: Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program.
2: Hello and welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. This is Kate Ebner, and you know I've been talking with my guest today, Karen Ely, about um, about retreats, about a woman's way, um, really about the rise of of the uh, sacred feminine throughout the world. We've been we've kind of covered a, a range of topics. Um, I think if we had to sum it up, we've been really talking, Karen, about how vital it is to create a space for connecting with yourself, with your right. with your own inner inner um, being and the way that that you've come to do that through the work that you do Um, and I want to just take us back to this idea of staying connected so first making the space to connect then once really listening to the intuitive voice the voice within um, finding that that stand that safe space inside um, how does one Maintain this, karen. how do how do you stay connected um, with your inner life and live consciously?
3: yeah, good that's a really good question, kate. and it's and it's really fundamental to all of this work. Um, there's a couple of things that are really important that I've discovered in my life that i that I teach and facilitate these processes and um, encourage women to do. At the very beginning, you know in order to listen to that person that is Karen inside, or Kate, or whoever, um, we need to create the space. We need to create quiet in our life. We need to consciously create quiet. It can be as simple as driving to work in the morning without the radio on. Just allow yourself to be. About sitting at lunch by yourself for a bit, even if you're going out with friends, just, just be for a bit. Even taking five minutes, you know, two or three times a day to just be to listen to those whispers of your own heart. I mean, it really is fundamental to all of it. Um, and, and then there's a couple of practices beyond that that are really, really important. Um, fundamental to my work, and people know I'm like a one-note Joe on this, fundamental to all of my work and all of my facilitation is a morning practice. And a morning practice involves journaling, and some sort of quieter meditation. There are people that do meditation. They can do that. But it's taking time when you first get up in the morning. Um, I mean, I journal at night. I journal all sorts of times. But there's something extraordinary about as soon as you get up in the morning, picking up your journal, it's the time you're the most egoless, that you're most likely to hear that inner wise woman, that person that you really are, before you've gotten into the ego, before you've gotten into your to-do list in your day, first thing in the morning. So I tell women, get up, go to the restroom, get your cup of coffee, crawl back in bed or in your comfortable chair and begin the most important conversation you'll ever have, which is the one with yourself. Um, and that's where you begin to really listen to the whispers of your own heart. That's where I begin to really hear Karen. I mean, I can't really fool myself. So I actually ask myself questions. I pose all sorts of things in that, and I I always write for at least a couple of pages every morning, no matter how busy I am, and then take some quiet time to do a brief meditation. Um, Sometimes it's 15 or 20 minutes, sometimes it's 5, but just taking before I jump into my day that time is really fundamental, Um, not only to mental health, (laughs) but to standing firmly in who you are because you have no idea who it is otherwise. But the other piece that that we add to that morning practice always is a gratitude practice. It's taking a few moments for really, um, I consider a gratitude practice really a form of prayer. Just take a little bit of time to formally be grateful for what you have. On the darkest of days, you might have just lost someone you love. You might have just found out you were laid off from your job. There's always something that you can find, and I tell women, at least to find five every day. Someday you may really get into it and do 25, but find five things. Um, the, um, the impact of all of these things on your health, on your emotional, psychological well-being um, is extraordinary. I mean, you know, there's now scientific evidence to prove this. It's not just like what we refer to in Sedona as woo-woo stuff. It's very true. And the other piece to my daily and weekly practices is time in nature. Um, there's something extraordinary about just move particularly if you can move in nature. Take a walk, take a hike. Even if even if it's as simple as walking around a block, walk out the door and walk. Feel the sun on your face, listen to the birds, you know, smell the smells, just be present for that. Um, there's something for one thing that makes all of our problems minuscule when we're out in nature and you realize how small we are in that. But there's also something that expands us through that, especially for those of us living in the West. I mean, the horizons are so big, and you you suddenly start feeling like, like those dreams are possible when you walk out of the door of your office or you walk out of your home. And so all of those things, creating space, time in nature, particularly moving in nature, a gratitude practice, and journaling and taking some quiet space to meditate every day if you do those I'd love it if people did it every day but if you do those most days you'll change your life you will change your life of that I have no question you'll start living from from that internal place of who you are and doing that gives you that safe place to stand so that when you're when you are faced with the unfathomable my father is dying I was laid off um you know, I was just diagnosed with cancer on um, those unfathomable things. We don't spin out of control. We go inside, we pull out our journal, we begin to make sense out of it. We listen to our higher self and, um, and we walk through our life, whether it's difficult times or the times that we love, um, in a conscious, authentic way. And, um, and we quit doing the spinning out of control, the Chicken Little kinds of stuff that we've all done, you know, the sleepless nights. The mm. it's just a waste of energy. The more we get in that solid place, we realize, wow. I mean, the, the opening line in the, in the introduction to a safe place to stand came to me one night, and it said, um, "Only in looking back, can I see the serendipity and magic of my life unfolding perfectly." While I was lost in the minutia of the details, mm. I wish I'd have written it. But it really came to me in the middle of the night. I was at least wise, wise enough to get up and write it down. But <laughs> that's the truth. I look back and look at the sleepless nights and the tears and the anxiety and think, "Wow, wow, yeah. what a waste of my energy to be doing that." So yeah. I try not to do that anymore. And that's what begins to go away when you live more, more um, continuously, more more consistently a conscious, centered mm-hmm. life in who you are.
2: You know, Karen, in our, in our remaining moments here, I know people would love to be able to follow you or uh, you have a wonderful, lovely newsletter that I read. Um, how can people find you?
3: Well, the website is awomansway.com. That's way dot com. Or you can write me at info, like an information, info at com, And so always on there, um, you know, is everything that's coming up, my phone number, my email, and also um, you can sign up to get um, my e-newsletters which go out probably about three times a month. And they're everything from things that are coming up to I love to read and I love movies. I'm always looking for things that inspire me and sharing that and, and things. I mean, you talked about the book Breathing Space. That came out of a weekly email I was sending out. And women mm-hmm. started telling me I'm saving all of those. I've got a whole file of them. And I thought, wow, I'd, to, I'd make those into a book. <laughs> so I was just mailing them out because I thought, well, this might be helpful when you're going through it. Absolutely. I'm glad you time.
2: did, you know I, I love the book, and I, I want to give you one more chance to say something for our listeners today in our remaining 30 seconds, and if you could wish for people one thing, if you could wish for our listeners, what what wish do you have
3: That they find the peace and joy that is possible when you live from a conscious-centered place, from who you really are. That's my big wish. That's what drives all of the work of a woman's way. Beautiful.
2: I want to say thank you so much, Karen, for being with me on the show today. It's just been a pleasure and an honor to have you here.
3: I feel the same. Thank you so much, Kate, for having me, and thank you to everybody that's listening. And I hope Wonderful. you all have a beautiful day. Take care. Goodbye, you everyone. Too. Bye-bye.
1: We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.